0: Hi, welcome to the True Crime Podcast. I'm Renette. And I'm Marina. So today we have two very special guests, Raina
1: and Leah. Ladies, why don't you introduce yourselves and tell us what you do? Um, my name is Leah Hogue and I am a latent print examiner for the San Diego Sheriff's Crime Laboratory. And prior to that I used to work crime scenes up in um, the Los Angeles area for about two years. And As a latent print examiner right now, I've been doing this, uh, July was 22 years. Wow. Wow. Nice. Hi, everyone. My
2: name is Raina Shelton, and uh, I am currently a program manager for the Forensic Intelligence Program with the United States Secret Service. Um, But I was a crime scene investigator for a few years and also a latent print examiner.
0: Wow. You guys have the coolest job. Thank you so much for coming on to our podcast. So we have some questions for you ladies. Some of the questions are questions that Arena and myself came up with and some were from um, our followers on our true crime Instagram page.
1: Okay, so what made you choose this career? started back in probably 1991 when sounds of the lambs came out and i just said that's what i want to do i want to go to the fbi so i ended up going to san diego state and got my criminal justice degree and graduated and then realized I would not be a very good FBI agent because I don't like <laughs> guns. So I was working for a detective at the time, volunteering for the San Diego PD, and he suggested I be an evidence technician. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what that was. This was in 1995, mm-hmm. so he told me about a program at Grossmont College that did an evidence technology program. So I literally walked at San Diego State and then and put myself into the two-year program, the evidence technology program at Grossmont. So. Took two years to graduate. I did a bunch of internships in San Diego. I worked for Chula Vista PD, San Diego Sheriff's Crime Lab, and for San Diego PD. And it was impacted here. So I basically had to move up to Los Angeles to get my foot in the door. Mm -hmm. Got hired with Pomona PD. Um, They were converting from having police officers do their crime scenes to the civilians, which are people that don't wear guns. And Mm so I got hired as a second evidence technician and worked there for two years doing crime scenes, processing evidence, um, taking photography, taking measurements. And then in 2000, I missed San Diego so much that I got offered to apply to the San Diego Sheriff's department. So I applied and here I am 22 years later working in Layton Prince and I think we'll talk about that a little bit later, with some of the questions, but we'll explain what lean prints are. Okay.
2: That's really cool. I'm learning a little bit about Leah myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, I started off right out of high school. I uh, wanted to be a police officer. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to be a beat cop. Um, that, that was like my dream. So I started at the local college here, Southwestern College, mm-hmm. and started taking AOJ classes, Administrative um, of Justice, Administration of Justice mm-hmm. classes there. Um, next to the the criminal justice classes was were the emt paramedic classes Mm -hmm. so i was always looking over there like oh they're they're doing some really cool stuff over there but i was like okay cop 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 Mm -hmm. um then i got an internship at chula vista pd this is when uh chula vista pd was on uh fourth avenue before their new building Mm -hmm. and i had never heard of a crime lab before and the only position they had for a volunteer was the crime lab so it was this really small lab at Chula Vista, but there were some uh, really awesome people that worked there. And um, I interned there or volunteered there for a couple months. Speaking of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they introduced me to what they did. And I thought it was really cool because they used uh, it was it was more science, like mm-hmm. more science with mm-hmm. lawns. So they were like they were like nerdy. They were, they were yeah, down yeah. there like investigating crime, but it was they were looking at everything different. So that was the first time I was exposed to a crime lab. Went back to uh, still taking my classes and then um, saw the EMTs practicing a little too much and I got really excited about that. I left Southwestern College, went into um, an EMT program, became an EMT, did that for a couple years and my heart was just in, uh, in law enforcement. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to go back and um, I had... So I had my twins right out of uh, high school when I was 18 years old. So I had my uh, my twin girls at that time. And going back to be uh, to be a cop just wasn't really, um, you know, just wasn't really jiving with my Mm -hmm. my parenthood. So I started taking uh, forensic science classes at Southwestern College. They just had a couple there. And that literally started my my whole career was uh, were those classes. And he. Uh, there was someone that worked for Vista PD, and uh, they asked if I wanted to volunteer in the crime lab again, and uh, I went there, and the rest, kind of, that's where I started.
1: You know, very interesting, interesting. very yeah. interesting. And there was a time that Rain and I worked together. We worked together at the Sheriff's Department for how many years were you there for? I was there for six years. Yeah, so Rain and I did work together at one time. Yeah. Okay. So yep. we have some fun stories. Yeah, yeah, so when uh, a little bit about my history. I started with Chula Vista PD
2: as an intern, uh, and then I was promoted to a forensic specialist. So a forensic specialist, uh, Chula Vista PD, was a crime scene investigator. Mm-hmm. So I started off with uh, the more two senior crime, uh, crime scene investigators, forensic specialists, and uh, they basically showed me the ropes. I, um, I had that schooling behind me, but then they trained me like on, on the job training, mm-hmm. and that's where I got a lot of my experience. We're, we're just going out to crime scenes with them and then taking the evidence back, processing the evidence um at the laboratory back at um at the PD. Uh and then from there, I went to I really wanted to get into latent prints and like Leah said, you couldn't get into latent prints unless you had experience in San Diego. There were just too many people wanting to do that, mm-hmm. um wanting to do that specific position. So I had to leave to Yuma Police Department where I had the crime scene experience, uh so I um, help them with the crime scene when they taught me latent print examinations. So I did a crime scene investigation out there, Yuma, um, Arizona, and uh, while they trained me in latent prints. So I worked out there for a few years, and then there was a position at San Diego Sheriff. I uh, wanted to come home because so all my family's from San Diego – applied, got the uh, job, became a latent print examiner. And that's where I met Leah. And um, we were also on the CSI team. Mm -hmm. So San Diego Sheriff's, a little different. um, CSI, The CSI team, as a latent print examiner, you specialize in latent prints. Uh So we were called out for very specific reasons. So they had their evidence technicians there at the Sheriff's Department where they did the general crime scene investigation evidence collection. Mm -hmm. But then you also had specialists on the CSI team. Mm -hmm. So we would get called out for like um, needing to identify Identify bodies, uh, um, things that had to do with uh, prints. Oh, okay. It was very specialized there.
1: Yeah. So anytime they'd have a homicide or a death investigation, um, we could get called out to a scene. And if they didn't know the body of his John or Jane Doe, we would take collect their prints out in the scene and then come back to the lab and then run it through our automated fingerprint identification system and see if we could ID them. And we would also respond to the suspects and take. Prints from the suspects, so we mm-hmm. could use in our comparisons, mm-hmm. and then we would also respond to the autopsies because we're going to have to collect the fingerprints of the deceased, so when we could do comparisons on those cases. So, oh wow, um, so not just doing latent print comparisons, but we also would respond to the morgue, and um, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay.
3: Oh, that's really cool that you both ended up back in San Diego where you both wanted to be.
1: Yes, <laughs> yes.
2: That was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the Grossmont College program when I actually was there, it was only 1 in 7 in the country. Oh wow. Oh wow. And when I graduated, it actually literally when I was graduating from the Grossmont College program, the OJ trial had just completed. <gasps> wow. So, I really was super lucky and but that's why San Diego was so hard to get a job because Mm -hmm. of the program everyone wants to get into that field once they go to school and there's not that many i mean you have the sheriff's department here you have the san diego pd oceanside pd el cajon la mesa chula vista coronado am i missing anything escondido escondido and that's it and those small departments they maybe have two crime scene investigators um San Diego PD has their own laboratory, and then the San Diego Sheriff's has their own laboratory, and then the Sheriff's Department for the little agencies would do the um, lab work for these smaller agencies. Oh, okay. So we're contracted out. So, okay. Um, but yeah, that's why Raina and I had to both leave, because it's really hard to get your foot in the door. Mm. I would imagine now it's probably even
0: harder, do you oh, think? Oh, Yes.
2: Yeah, when um, I started pretty early too, there there weren't a lot of programs out. South, yeah. Southwestern College was a very tiny. I, I had the same evidence technician program when I was there, um, but Grossmont was a larger school for that. So mm-hmm. um, I came from a even smaller school, and it wasn't a big thing. CSI wasn't out. Mm-hmm. There were there were just not a lot of people interested in it. So it was there was a lot of us that were just falling into this field because of mm-hmm. circumstance or or what happened uh, or what have you, but it wasn't really like uh, you, you didn't go to high school and high school counselors were talking about, yeah. uh, you know, crime laboratories or crime scene <laughs> investigation or anything like that. It wasn't like that. Yeah. So a lot of it was, uh, I found like a lot of the classes that we get students now and in interns that are just highly trained. They come out of these schools, really? like West Virginia University has a really great program out of there and wow. they're coming out knowing a lot of these things that we all learned on the job. So wow. we had to learn those things on the job where they're coming out just just trained really really well so wow. it's a it's very different and yeah you have all those students going to their classes and trying to get jobs and it's it's tough
1: and another thing is too when Reed and i got onto it you didn't need a science degree i had a, a bachelor's in criminal justice that's not mm-hmm. science uh-huh. and now they're requiring a hard science so oh, okay. um it's they're phasing out the times where you didn't need a degree and they now want you to have a degree and now they want you to have a hard science degree. Wow. So
2: yeah, not all agencies, but that's where our field is definitely going. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just because we've learned so much too in the forensic science community education, like, um, there's research or, you know, mistakes that have been made where a lot of policies come after that. So it's really evolved since we started, and um, it's just a little different now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you, you definitely, they definitely want that that science background. Oh, okay.
0: So then what is uh, your typical workday, at least when you guys were doing crime scene investigation? Like, what's the typical workday like?
1: Um, uh, when I was doing the crime scene investigation, you would have, at the time, a pager, and you would be on call 24-7. So you could get called out any time. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously, there's not crime scenes happening all the time. So it would be a Monday through Friday, you know, 8 a.m. till 5 p.m. And then processing evidence for fingerprints, uh, taking the prints, running through the database, doing comparisons, go home and then get called out. Oh,
4: okay. Okay. And then
1: you could get called out and you could be out there. I mean, anywhere from four, five, 10, 15 hours. Um, (laughs) It's not like on the CSI show, you're there for a long period of time and it's, time-consuming yeah, do you get to flash your badge like <laughs> no <laughs> when you walk behind the yellow tape yeah yeah no, that's, that's what happens you get there with the yellow tape which is kind of cool the news would be there and then everyone leaves and yeah. you're yeah. there by yourself i mean i remember being in pomona once i got to a scene they'd taken the body but there was pcp there a weapon there and all the police officers left me on a foot <gasps> pursuit and i would didn't carry a gun and so i'm like and this is in a gang area, yeah, I was gonna so, say, you're so it was danger. really, really scary, and yeah. so I'm like, mm-mm. So, yeah. Yeah, there's, some- there should always be a police officer with
2: you, especially there's a lot of us civilians that do crime scene investigation, and in the there's supposed to be a police
0: officer protecting. Because you don't have a gun as civilian. Right.
2: Some agencies do. Yeah. Oh, some, some agencies Some crime scene yeah. investigators oh. do carry guns. Mm-hmm. Um, but the agencies I've worked for, you don't. Right. are civilian. Did and either so, of you yeah.
3: ever get trained to how to uh, handle
1: fire? Um <laughs> I am personally afraid of guns. Okay. So <laughs> I process them, and I don't even like to process yeah. guns. But um, I've shot them before. Mm-hmm. I really don't feel comfortable with them. And actually, I'm. Very soon, going to be getting trained. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So,
2: <laughs> yeah. There's... To get over
1: my fear. It's oh, silly. Okay. But, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: That's good that you're doing that. Yes. Yeah, I'm proud of you. It's good to know. I don't even about... like fake guns.
1: <laughs> I don't even like water guns. <laughs>
2: A lot of the um, evidence handling, you're handling guns. So okay. you should be trained in yeah, the safety. Absolutely. Yeah. How to render them safe mm-hmm. um, because you're packaging up and you're bringing them right into um, into the crime lab, into the police yeah. department. So if they're not rendered safe on the scene, then that yeah. causes trouble. So yeah, you sh-
0: you. So then when you guys have been called to a crime scene, have you guys ever like actively like in that moment uh been like terrified of possibly something happening to you or the
1: people that you're with like actively in that moment? I personally haven't, but I do have coworkers that have. Mm-hmm. Okay.
3: Okay.
1: And yeah, because you have to remember once there's a scene, there's uh, you know, there's family that's upset, yes. there's yeah. Maybe there's a suspect that's still on the loose. Mm. So you kind of got to be you have to watch your back. But like Rena said, you you do have officers there and you also have like detectives there and they're all armed. So oh, okay. for the most part you're you're pretty good to go, but um I think some agencies have their evidence technicians wear bulletproof vests.
2: Yeah, some agencies. Yeah. I'm, I've never worked for one that that required that, but yeah, no. so um, I've never been scared safety wise, but I've been scared like spooky wise. Oh, yeah. Like, so I'll be in the house and you're by yourself, and like a, a crazy homicide just happened. Yeah, and there could yeah. be blood everywhere. Oh, gosh. And you're by yourself walking through that house, yeah. you know, doing your thing. Yeah. And the officers usually are by the, you know, door threshold or not. They're to not guard. following you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. The, you know, for your safety. But um, I always get that feeling, or I used to always I'd get that feeling, it would be like, talk to me, goose. <laughs> Let me know what happened. <laughs> and then you start feeling things like, are there spirits? Like, are they trying yeah, to talk to me? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. I was in my own head at that point. And then I would get freaked out. I and mean, then I'd like go down the stairs and make sure like people were there. So that's the type of scare that I got. Not really for my safety, but
1: yeah. That's understandable. Did you ever do that? No, I actually, at well, one time I was at a scene where there was a body and it was on a reservation and it was really hot. It was like July, mm-hmm. really warm. And I remember like going through a pocket. Of like cold air, and the officer with me is like, you just walked through his ghost. So I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, I'm oh. His hand. Oh. so yeah. I mean, we're human, right? So yeah. I'm a, I'm a scaredy cat sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> but it hasn't really it hasn't really scared me though. Like, I don't have nightmares about the stuff or anything that I've seen or.
2: Yeah, I got a spooky story about that. So I'm I don't really believe in like that sort of stuff. Supernatural. I was sounding... Yeah, it's like I'm very. Like I was telling you guys, like very evidence based. Yes. Like I got, I, you know, just seen something like it's like, oh, that's crap. Like I, yeah, show me type thing. And so there's a lot of people in our, in our field that talk about like ghosts and connecting with the victims and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Never been that person. But I was working a, um, a cold case and it was, four children that uh, were murdered and their parents were murdered as well and I was working on the evidence for that case and the particular uh, I was in the lab and I was by myself it was it was late and there was another lady in the offices part but I was in the lab Mm -hmm. and um, I was working on the plastic bag that was used to um, suffocate this little boy and uh, so when I was processing it I just felt someone that was, there was someone like to the right. And you know when you're not really looking at the person? Did I tell you the story? Right? You can yeah, feel you it. And yeah.
1: I like hearing it. Yeah, so
2: <laughs> you know someone's there. And yeah, I you thought can it was it. the woman. You could feel it. Like yeah. someone's yeah. Yeah. in the, the present. Yeah. yeah, and there's a door to my right. And I was kind of doing my thing, and I was like, hey, hey. And I called the girl's name, like expecting that she was going to be right there, coming in from the offices, and there was nobody there. And then mm. totally saw a lady with like dark hair and this lady that did not work, that worked in the office had blonde gray hair. Mm. Oh my God. I'm, God. Like, ring, I'm picturing uh, the ring. So yeah, good. I'm picturing the ring. But yeah, but viol- no, it wasn't scary like that. It was just like a woman there like from the corner of my eye and I, and I turned around like fully expecting someone to be there and, and nobody was there. So, um, the mom had long dark brown hair <gasps> oh so i'm not saying it was her i'm not saying i'm just sure there was, there was <laughs> i felt something there whether it was her or not i don't know wow. but like that's weird that is very that is weird. That's... and then it was unsolved at that time i was gonna so, say it was a cold case it said. was a cold case yeah oh. it has been solved um since but oh it has it has Good. Yeah. but um it ended up being the best friend of oh. the dad it was a really sad story. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, did,
0: I mean, not that there's ever a reason to do something so horrific like that, but did what was his reason? Did money. S- wow. Money motivated. Yeah. yeah.
2: And um, unfortunately, they didn't, uh, he was there for the dad, but didn't realize all the kids were coming home. So oh. just started taking them out. Oh really sad. But, yes. um, but I happened to be working on the bag of her, of uh, the littlest mm. boy. And. Um, we didn't know who it was at that time. So So like when
0: you get home, how do you guys like separate that stuff? Um, Like do you become just kind of like desensitized to it? 1,000%. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: I don't know why it doesn't. I mean, there's some things that do bother me. Like I don't know why. The homicides don't bother me. A lot of the stuff that we deal with is usually gang-related or drug-related. It's it's, um, rare you have those really once in a lifetime like they call them true victims yeah. like i mean
2: not i'm not saying like a gunshot it, 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 they're victim all victims. Is not a victim <laughs> but like a true like a lot of what is talking about is there's, there's a lot of gang violence like yes they've done violence to other people yep. they're not yeah. they weren't so innocent and then they were yeah. killed that's sad they were killed yeah. yes but when you get a when you get someone that's truly innocent innocent that was murdered like a, a young child or yeah. um you know W- just any number of things that, um, that's, we call them true victims and mm-hmm. uh, but oh, that's okay. a little different. It hits harder. Yes. Um, especially children. Children yeah. always hit really what hard.
1: What does bother me is traffic fatalities. That's what bothers me. So oh. it's not homicides, suicides, overdoses, it's traffic fatalities. Really? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is not the really part of my job. I mean, I used to work the, up, up in LA doing the photography of it but really we don't do traffic fatality reconstruction or anything like that. It's mm-hmm. just being at the morgue and seeing
0: that stuff. I guess maybe just knowing that they were, like, maybe just driving, thinking, oh, I'm going to get to my next destination. It's
1: like you just don't know, right? Mm -hmm. So that stuff, and that could go into my head and spin a little bit. So, But the other stuff doesn't bother me.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. It actually makes me
1: appreciate life. I mean, because you never know. And so my attitude, it's been not negative going down the rabbit hole it's more positive like take don't take any day for granted Mm -hmm. you know that's a good way to look at it it. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: me i became very cynical um, (laughs) (laughs) paranoid yeah (laughs) Yeah. like especially with my kids yeah um i mean they'll tell you in in high school junior high school they were not allowed to spend the night anywhere because i just thought everyone was like a rapist and a murderer or something Mm -hmm. like you never know what people do behind closed doors, no. like right. you truly don't. They could put on a face, but right, you don't know what, you, what they're doing. So, mm-hmm. um, I think it, uh, if you if you talk to them now, I, I was a little overboard. So, I think that it, it did hinder them in, in some ways. Um, one daughter in particular, you know who you are, um, <laughs> kind of scared I'll of everything, which one? Um, <laughs> but she's God. very brave. So, uh, she moved out to the East coast, Alina, I'm talking about you. (laughs) She moved out to the East coast, um, on her own and right out of high school. And she was, you know, always like looking behind uh, like her back, like paranoid going to the uh, other side of the street. And it's, it was good because she was always aware, but it's also sad because she was always like paranoid. Someone was going to come up and because I would come home at a very young age and I was a young mom. So Mm -hmm. I started like this field. I, I was young. Kind They're of child with them. I of, was, yeah, and um, I was in my twenties, early twenties. I would come home from scenes, and I would tell my young kids about the scene. Really? <laughs> like yeah. this is what you need to be worried about because this kind of scene yeah, it's kind of good. It's there. like a little
1: fear factor. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, but it
2: was a little too much. So uh, I learned after like <laughs> balance. <liked it>. <laughs> uh, yeah, a little balance is good in life. Yeah, um, so I think that's what happened to me. More of paranoid, and um, yeah, you you really have when you're on a scene. You have to push everything out. Like you, mm. you wouldn't be able to have clarity to do your job if you if it was in your head about what exactly
1: happened. Like the motion wise then. yeah. yeah. The see, kid ones, though. The if, the ones with the kids. Everybody's quiet on kid scenes. Everyone is quiet. Yeah. They're very, very. Res- I mean, they're respectful at all scenes, but it's really different at a kid. Just scene. such a deep sadness, right? Deep different. different. It's, That's mm-hmm.
0: a great way to put it. That's exactly mm-hmm. what it is. Mm-hmm. And then, like
2: for normal crime scenes, like. You have to have some kind of levity just to get through the the crazy stuff that you're seeing. Yeah. So heavy, heavy stuff that you're seeing. So there's a lot of us that joke on crime scenes. And then like I remember like news cameras would come around and stuff. It's like, okay, it's like don't oh. we'd be we'd be like laughing with each other and joking or like razzing each other. Yeah. Just because you gotta like and everyone has sick jokes because the yeah. jo- the line that you're in is yeah. just kind of different. And you would have to make each other laugh because if you didn't, that was, that was the way that I dealt with it. Yeah, anyway. it I think a lot of people do. And we're not hard, and we're not like hard Hopes. people or anything. No. It's
1: just it's just a way to have you know yeah. just to lighten the mood and stuff like that. And then you yeah. box it all up. <laughs> you box it all up. Put it on the shelf. Put it away. Yeah, your next call comes in. Yeah, yeah. Open a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> so, what um, particular
3: case have you guys worked on
1: together? So. It was Raina's case and um, it was a greeting card. They have a lot of times in the jails, they put drugs in greeting cards and that's how they'll get, you know, they transfer drugs somehow. Mm -hmm. So we get that stuff to process. And Raina was having a a card to look at that had some beautiful prints on it, um, on this greeting card and they were great. But she wasn't IDing it,
2: and it was weird looking. It was weird I'm like, These looking. These off somehow. Like but they is- were, yeah,
1: and they're like, why aren't we? Because we had a person of interest, a suspect. Mm-hmm. And then in our industry, they say something. What was it he said? "It's Drink like, more coffee. Yeah, drink more coffee. Sit back and drink more coffee and just take a break. Well, uh, Those okay. prints could be really hard. And oh, okay. strain on your eyes. Your eyes. You have to Sometimes we get
2: tunnel vision where we're looking too hard into it. Oh, yeah. To where uh, one of our trainers, like Leo was saying, is he always said, just drink more coffee. Go up, get a a cup of coffee and then come back and sometimes you'll just yeah, yeah, you it pop right, right out. From, from, okay. Yeah. Kind
0: of like when you're smelling different perfumes and you get coffee beans. You know how like, you oh, smell yeah. <laughs> kind <of> like <laughs> set, set, Reset. Yeah. yeah.
1: And she did that, and then all of a sudden she's like, oh my gosh, they're feet impressions. So mm-hmm. we ended up going to get the person's feet impressions, which is Collecting the impressions On the bottom of the feet Just like we take the Collecting the pr- impressions Of the fingerprints And I can't stand feet Yeah <laughs> They <laughs> gross me out I remember that about you <laughs> Gross me out Yeah Yeah I'm okay with feet So I did the feet I got the feet And then We asked this person We're like What on earth I'm like we saw a CSI effect. We saw CSI and we saw this technique done and so they got it actually from the show CSI. So it's pretty brilliant, but then so, we caught him. So
2: Yep. So they did it. What they were doing is trying to hide their fingerprints and they stepped all over the car to uh, leave so their the fingerprints on uh, it. Yeah. Right? But if you think about it, it was Bruh, bruh. It was kind of smart because yeah. when you get when you get your fingerprints taken, you get booked, you commit a crime, you get your mm-hmm. fingerprints taken and and they go into the um, this repository where they hold all the prints. They're only taking your fingers and then your palms. Mm-hmm. We don't really capture the bottom of your feet. So you have you have the specialized skin on your palms, your fingers, fingertips, bottom of feet and your toes. Mm-hmm. So that specialized skin is unique to to each and every one. So we don't really capture the footprints. So it was it was kind of smart to where they were like, and it would have totally yeah. thrown us off. Like, yeah, it, they, it looked like a hand, like a palm, but I was like, there's just something odd about that. Yeah, and like Lee said, it ended up being their um, their feet. Wow. So we went up oh there. And I remember gosh. their foot. We had to print their foot. Yeah. Speaking of feet, I have uh and I know this is not gory or anything, but something that really freaked me out that just popping in my head right now is we were at the morgue and it was another partner I was with. Oh. And there were bloody prints at the crime scene, so we had to get feet exemplars. How I told you the story? No, uh, no. And my hair was in a ponytail. Oh, I do know this
0: story. That's really funny.
2: <laughs> and I had to print the feet, and I don't like feet. And now I'm printing feet on someone that's dead. And oh God. Um, God rest her soul, but she didn't do pedicures. <laughs> Let's just say I was having a hard time, and so I was bent over this foot, and my and i was really into like you know taking my impressions and everything and my ponytail comes down and these were the toes and it's just oh, it comes no. swinging Ew. lightly swinging on her toes oh. and i look i tell my partner i'm like is that my hair <laughs> touching her toes cut it off <laughs> cut off my hair <laughs> so I, li- I literally cut off my hair on oh, yeah, the God. edge of the ponytail that touched her little toes <laughs> Do not like teeth.
1: <laughs> oh, my but god. But that was a cool case, yeah. Yeah. We all have, in, in the industry, we all have something we don't like. Like, I don't like dangly fingers. So. Dangly fingers? What do you fingers? mean like <laughs> just... So, like, <laughs> when you have, like, defense wounds, sometimes somebody gets shot. You oh, have a... It'll shoot like, off your finger. And so, when we have to take the prints, they're, like, dangling. And so... We all have something that bothers. I wouldn't like that either. Yeah. No, but like Raina could probably do a dangly finger. I don't. Oh, yeah. I put them back together. I could break rigor really
2: easy. You're breaking bones to like... You know, rigor like you get really oh, stiff. stiff yeah. yeah. So you have to when you're when you're collecting bend the them. impressions, you have to bend them and you have to break to break breaker. Yeah. And so. sometimes you're breaking bones. So there's a special tool you use. No, it's that. us. It's oh, just it, your Yeah, soul that's own why there's strength. two of yeah. us
1: that go because we have to assist one another. And actually there's sometimes the rigor is so bad that we've actually had the hands cut off. So wow. Raina and I've actually together had, you know, had the Emmy's office cut the hands and then we actually transport the hands to the lab. And we have to use solutions to soften up the tissue and it'll take a couple of days. We soak them and then eventually it'll get softened up and then we could actually take the prints from the hand and then yeah. we return the hands back to the hand. So, <laughs> oh, wow. it was wild how so easy can you a alter hand a, hand a fingerprint? Yeah. Can we alter a fingerprint? Yes. Can someone like, alter their own yeah, fingerprints? Yeah. We've seen, um, well, I've seen where I've been down to the border to go take, prints and somebody has used acid and it works, but then, um, you know, you have rigged detail in other parts of your hands. So there's ways to ID them in different ways, but yeah, it does work. And we've also seen where, I don't know if I've had a case like this, but they surgically remove the prints and then they flip them around on other digits of the hands. Wow! So they'll, they'll actually have a plastic surgeon take the prints and then Rearrange the order of the oh. prints. But again, that's still distinguishing, right? I mean, you're yeah. looking at the rigs detail, and when you record them, I mean, still unique. So, mm-hmm. so there's when the
0: a, acid burns it, though does the fingerprint go grow back or is it just like gone forever?
1: It's I don't think it grows back with the acid. So it depends on how deep you go. So oh, okay. you can uh
2: so when you get a scar, there's like different layers of your skin. Mm-hmm. So um there's a layer that's called you have your epidermis and then your dermis and then um right at the in between, I guess so to speak, there's a basal layer. So that basal layer is it's it's called the generating layer, it's your blueprint for the way that your finger, uh, your, your ridges are mm-hmm. formed. Mm-hmm. So if you get a paper cut, you get a paper cut, you see the cut, and then you're, you're always sloughing off um, skin cells, mm-hmm. and so eventually that paper cut goes away. But yeah. if you have a really deep wound to where you hit that basal layer, that's the blueprint that, that you're damaging, and then now that's when you get a scar. Okay. But then now that scar persists, so that scar is part of your blueprint now, so you'll always have that scar. So it's kind of the same where you're saying people altering their fingerprints. If you go deep enough and you hit that basal layer, yeah, you could damage your prints. But wow. um, like Leah was saying, and there's there's a case you guys should Google. Um, I have the images at home. I use it for uh, my classes. But it's it was, border, it was the border as well. They, um, they took the patterns from their toes, removed the skin patterns, and had them surgically oh. implanted onto their fingers. But they did such a hack job. That when they were coming across customs and Border Patrol, it was customs, I think, um, they're like, what is going on? Because if you guys see the pictures, there's like, it, it just oh, didn't obvious. heal well. Yeah. It's like <laughs> horrible. And so they got them, they took pictures of the fingers, and then they took pictures of uh, the bottom of the feet. And where they took the patterns off of the the toes? Oh my gosh! So it nasty. looked like
0: Frankenfinger.
2: And and Frankenfinger. Yeah. yeah, that's a good way. Yeah, Frankenfinger. Frankenfinger. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's like Roscoe Pitts. Like there's there's a lot of people that uh, yeah. have tried to to change their fingerprints and stuff. But um, like that one guy, he had all his patterns removed. He um, oh he God. had his hand surgically um, attached to his torso. <gasps> So that it's kind of like skin graphing uh-huh. to where he had like the the skin from from his torso. So he didn't have any patterns. So if you look at your finger, he had all his patterns that were different, but they literally just went right down here to identify him. Oh, because yeah. this is all specialized. Yeah. It's all oh, so okay. you would have to do your whole hand, your whole to feet, really toes, but really your hands to, wow. to get away with something.
1: And no two people have the pr- same prints. Oh, okay. They're formed. <laughs> that's one of your questions. Uh, They're one, formed I, I, when I in, in utero. Like if you're a twin, like can it somehow no. like Mm-mm. you might have similar patterns, but no, no two people have the same fingerprints. And from the time you were born till the time you die, they stay the same. They just get bigger. So I like to describe oh, okay. it as like a water balloon. So let's let's say you have a a, a balloon, not a water balloon, a balloon that's. Uh, not filled up with air. I'm whats tell me what the word what deflated. Word. De- inflated. right? <laughs> inflated. A balloon that's not inflated. You put your name on it, right? When it's little, but then you blow it up. It's still your same name, yeah, right? It's just yeah. bigger. So it's, that's how fingerprints are. Oh, okay. So
0: I listened to a podcast and it was saying uh, this person said that from when you're in your mother's womb. I think it's when your the mom is 24 like weeks pregnant. That's when your fingerprint yeah uh, starts forming they form way before that yeah. so really yeah oh. so they're they're actually
2: set in place right around that time and then they just the other parts of the of the fetus is growing but uh yeah fingerprints are um the ridges friction rich skin in general is formed really early on and it's all the um the stresses and like the way that you literally bounce ar- around in utero that's creating those those natural patterns like the way that your ridges oh. flow they stop they bifurcate like it's, it's that, that nature, the um, diet, uh, anything that they're taking, just all different Yeah, different. Yeah. Wow. So you patterns. can have like the same, you have patterns that are the same. So I have identical twins. My twins have all the same patterns on their fingers, but you have to look within the pattern that, at the details within the pattern, mm-hmm. um, minutia, we call minutia to be able to tell them apart. Okay. Um, so it's different from DNA. You, my, my twins have the same DNA come from one embryo. You know, and they have the, the same uh, DNA makeup because they're just, they split in two. Oh, yeah. But right. their fingerprints are different.
3: With the show CSI, has that caused any issues in your field?
1: Um, That is called, they like to call that the CSI effect. Okay. And um, you actually, for me actually, I get called to court quite a bit because of the CSI effect.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, basically with all these people watching these forensic shows, they now become the expert themselves. (laughs) And just referring to fingerprints, they think you could get fingerprints off of everything. So Mm -hmm. I end up having to go and explain, let's say there's no fingerprints on an item, explain to the jury that just because somebody touched it doesn't necessarily mean they left something behind. Mm -hmm. Fingerprints are extremely fragile. Um, sometimes people don't leave fingerprints. It's the way the evidence is packaged. You know, we have, um, elements you know maybe it, it, they evaporated but they're really fragile so mm-hmm. not all the time you could get it and so the jury is just looking they're like oh well we thought you'd get prints off of everything and that's just not the <laughs> they're <case>. just everywhere <laughs> and so that's just really interesting but they do they call it the csi effect i mean it's it's, it's almost frustrating you going in there and they're sitting back like oh we we don't need to hear you we know already know <laughs> I watched five episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, we're the expert. But yeah, so, yeah, CSI effect. It comes up all the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Have you had to testify for that CSI no, effect? Never have testified to it. Oh, gosh.
2: Yeah. We get a lot of training on it, but I've never had to testify to it. But I get uh, negative testimony. I remember testifying yes. a lot to negative testimonies, like what Leah was saying. Is that just because your your prints weren't um, you know found on? like let's say a rock or, or mm-hmm. something that's not going to really be conducive to leave mm-hmm. a print, um, it doesn't mean you didn't touch it. It's yeah. just you didn't yeah. leave it behind. And yeah. it's like some people have really dry skin. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, like oily. isn't it usually yeah.
3: like oil that yeah. leaves like a perfect oil, fingerprint? Oil, water. So if it's dry, it won't leave.
2: Yeah, so you get all kinds of great stuff with prints. Like normally, uh, like in a, in a perfect world, you have your uh, sweat coats, your, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. your friction ridges, and then when you touch things, it's like little stamps of your of your fingerprints, like mm-hmm. touching everything, and you can't see it. But when you go and process it, then that's when you're able to get it. But let's just say if you don't sweat a lot, or if you're really, you really have dry hands. Mm-hmm. But then I put lotion on. I put lotion on, and I commit a crime, and now I'm touching things. You're still leaving your pattern behind because you have lotion. We touch our face a lot. We touch our hair a lot. Oh, we have a lot yeah. of oils in our on our face and in our hair. Like you're mm-hmm. you're coating your ridges with. Um, with all that good stuff and then mm-hmm. you're just leaving behind your, your little pattern. It's like a everywhere. little
1: natural ink pattern. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, that's yeah. how you describe it. It's mm-hmm. ink because it's like transferring onto an item. But just like that with leaving the prints behind, there's some people like those that are in construction that yeah. work with yeah. cement. So anytime I go and process somebody, I'm like, are you are you in the construction business? And they're like, how do you know? I'm like, because your prints, you don't have, I mean, they're really, they're rough and yeah. then also the older you get, your ridges, they, they don't really seem to exist. Um, excrete sweat and stuff, right, Raina? they And their rigs just get like thinner. fine and yeah. thinner, and mm-hmm. so you kind for all g- your listeners out there. Mine are still very robust. I'm a
2: young, <laughs> I'm a young woman. <laughs> You're both like, I don't know what
1: that's like, yeah. <laughs> that's funny, but yeah. So, and we see a lot of that when we go to the morgue, right? So um, you see, mm-hmm. and but okay, yeah. So,
0: what is the grossest like crime scene that you guys
1: have ever been to the most like disgusting awful I have a I have a funny one it's not really gross but it's kind of funny uh it was when I was working up in LA and um there was a guy that was stabbed and had like a bonsai plant thrown on him it was a bloody mess in the kitchen and the EMTs had come to try to work on him. So the little EKG stickers were all around. And I went in to photograph him. And so I'm photographing this small little area. And I like walk out and then I go back and all the little EKG stickers are gone. I'm like, what is going on? There was a little ferret running into my crime scene and I'm stealing these like EKG stickers and bringing them to his like. Nest? little nest. Oh, and so I'm my like, God. those things are little critters. But yeah. I can't, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to think of gross ones. I mean, y- you see a lot of gross stuff, but there's nothing that stick out. I mean, I'm only going to, I mean, the morgue when you see jumping maggots. But oh, I don't know. Jumping. Oh, jumping maggots yeah. are the worst. But I don't, I don't really necessarily have a gross one. Again, it would be a traffic fatality, but mm-mm.
2: My gross ones are um, anything to do with the claw hammer. When someone gets killed with a claw hammer, like the camera with the little claw on the other oh, side, oh yeah, um, those are really gory. Um, there's two that stick out in my head right now. Um, yeah, they're they're a mess. There's brain matter everywhere. Like if if they're, you know, hitting the the head and the cranium, you start getting um, seeing pieces of actual cranium, mm-hmm. like on the body or, or around the body. Um, those are always really brutal.
1: Shotgun shotgun to the head is brutal to see oh yeah I don't
2: think I've ever seen that are you serious yeah I don't think I've seen not to the head no (laughs) suicides really no we didn't go on a lot of suicides oh okay yeah Yeah, so you never
0: had like other people's like well they're already deceased right but like somebody's bodily fluids get on you oh yeah all the time
1: (laughs) 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 absolutely well I mean we are gloved up and all that kind of stuff but like I mean I'm I'm sure. Have you guys ever vomited on a crime scene? Never. I almost did the other day at the morgue. Okay. <laughs> okay, what happened? I opened up the bag, and I just don't know what I was thinking. And I wasn't thinking, of course, because... The smell. Yeah, it was a decomp body, and I... Yeah, it Big wasn't whiff. pretty. It wasn't pretty. And it was green. and oh. it just
0: so. so the only thing that would make you vomit, Rain, is some feet. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I don't think I would even vomit with feet. Um, yeah. For me, it's uh, fecal matter. That's, uh. Uh, that's probably what uh, throws me over the edge.
1: But... And you had a fecal matter story.
2: I did, yeah, but uh, that wasn't a crime scene, so we're not going to talk about
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> but I was an EMT. <laughs> oh, my
0: gosh. Uh, what has been the most disturbing case that you've worked on? For
2: me, it was going back to the Claw Hammer was actually a, uh, a child that killed his parents while they were sleeping in bed um, with, uh, it was actually multiple tools now that I think about it, and then, um, and then lit, them, lit them on fire, tried to try to burn them. Wow. And I think that was the most disturbing for me because um, I had kids, I still have kids, but just thinking about like, what? Mm-hmm. Like killing your own parents, like mm-hmm. what happened? Mm-hmm. Like, where did it go wrong? Like, I, I just couldn't. And the the brutality in the crime scene was like, it just, I just couldn't register. Like, yeah. what? What? Yeah, it was wild. That was probably the the most gruesome. But it was also like an emotional one, too, because yes. the the kid killed them. And it was just, it was really sad. It just I had a lot of questions. Yes. Yeah.
3: What is the most rewarding thing about your job?
1: For me personally, I really like um, identifying the John and Jane Doe's. Mm-hmm. So uh, we also do a lot of work for the medical examiner's office. So if they do have a John and Jane Doe that comes in, they will request for us to run the prints of the database. And there's nothing more rewarding than putting a name to the body. So yes. yeah. the family could be notified and... Um, That, to me, is rewarding. I wouldn't say something like closing a case or anything. I mean, of course, closing a case is great. But being having a family know that their loved one's been found with a name, because you don't, you know. So I would say that for me. For me, it's
2: kind of cheesy and and just uh justice in the end for the victims. Yes. And um it's really rewarding when you have a part in that. If you're a, because we we all play roles in the investigation and um whether we play a big role or a small role, um just contribute uh, contributing to the case is um really rewarding, especially when you get to testify at the end in court to an identification that you made, let's say to the suspect. Um mm-hmm just to help bring closure to the family. Like I think that's the most most rewarding with everything someone has to do it, right? All the crap that you deal with at, at crime scenes and all the stress it puts on you and families and and all that stuff. Like it's in the end I would do it all over again just because of that that feeling that you get like I I helped that family, like mm-hmm, I helped bring closure to. So yep. That's the rewarding part for me.
0: Yep. Yeah. Do crime scene investigators really draw chalk lines around where the dead body is? I've never seen it. No. Okay. I wonder why they do that in shows. Where did that come from? I, yeah.
2: I'm <laughs> wondering if it was like a, a really back in the from day the they 50s. used to do that. I don't yeah. Know. Like I kind of think like Sherlock Holmes like era <laughs> no. did that, right? Okay. I don't, but I've never seen that
1: happen in a crime scene. Maybe they did. We're it not in a allowed. Whole they're not a, actually. So just to let you know, the body when there's a body, it's actually the property of the medical examiners. Okay. So, we're not even allowed to text the body it's, and we have to wait for the medical examiners, which could take hours before anything is done with that body. Okay. Oh, wow. So that's something that probably a lot of people don't know.
0: What is the academic path like that someone can take today to get into this field?
2: So, um, today as, it, so there's many jobs within the crime laboratory. And, uh, so if you're specifically talking about CSI, a crime scene investigator, um, A lot of police departments do not require a hard science degree for a crime scene investigator but there is some kind of uh, evidence technology uh degree that is highly desirable because those like leah talked about uh grossmont college southwestern college here in chula vista has one national university yeah there's a lot of colleges now that have evidence technology um uh, degrees Mm -hmm. and that will teach you specifically about crime scene investigations how to preserve evidence how to collect um, photography like all those things that you need to know um, while investigating like a, a crime uh, mm-hmm. in regards to the evidence. So you don't really need a four-year degree for um, a crime scene investigator. But any laboratory job that you want um, usually requires a four-year degree in a hard science. Okay. So there's different units within a crime laboratory that you could go into. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the, the DNA unit. There's the latent print unit that we worked oh, yeah. um, with together. Mm-hmm. There's um, toxicology, there's trace, firearms. there's firearms, there's narcotics, Narcotics.
1: Um, document examiner, which mm-hmm. is where they analyze handwriting exemplars and stuff like that. Yeah, oh. there's so there's a trace, trace yep. evidence. That's where they're looking at shoe impressions, fibers, tire marks. Oh, um... Okay. So
2: when you get into the lab, it's a, it's um, they require the hard science because a lot of the uh, the jobs are with some exceptions they're more criminalists so criminalists are more like um, like a generalized scientist mm-hmm. so as some so some crime labs you can you can move around each department as a criminalist you'd have to get trained in that but because you have that hard science background you know the scientific method you know mm-hmm. like um, like for us, the latent print unit, like there's a lot of sciences that go behind Why? how is it that we can identify people? Mm-hmm. Well, it's based on sciences. Like there's biology, anatomy, and- physiology, biology, the way that your skin forms, the way that it's unique to each person. Like we rely on those sciences to do what we do. Mm-hmm. So there's exactly. just uh, when you're in the lab and you're making um, an opinion, so we can go to court and, and provide opinion testimony. That's our opinion. That's our conclusion that this person, that's so a Jane Doe's left ring finger. Mm-hmm. Oh. And, and we're allowed to testify to that because we're trained in that. Yeah. So as a, as a CSI, it's a little different because you're a little more, uh, you're a generalist. So it's more of like evidence. You go in and you testify to the evidence collection, the chain of custody, yeah. um, the photography, like whatever they ask you specifically about the evidence you testify to, but you don't give your opinion on anything. So they're collecting okay.
1: fingerprints. They're collecting the firearms. They're collecting the drugs. They're collecting handwriting stuff. But that's what they're testifying to, is collecting that, not actually... Like what their thoughts and opinions are. Exactly. Yeah, okay. not opinions. Right. Uh, okay.
2: So you take like a, a blood sp- uh, spatter expert. They're specifically trained in blood spatter. Like mm-hmm. as a as a CSI, I would go and I would... Um, you either assist, if you were lucky to work in a, in a county that had a specialist that was specialized in that, you would assist them with um, photography. They basically tell you what to do. But if there wasn't a blood spatter expert, um, then we would... Uh, we would go and uh, photograph and and collect the the blood evidence, and then the the expert at the back end would analyze that that blood stain pattern yeah. to then render opinion. But we couldn't render opinion as a CSI. We're just there to collect the evidence. Okay. So everybody like specializes in in their own. Um, in their own area. So, yeah. So, if you want to usually work, a some labs don't require it, a four year degree uh, for Leighton Prince, what we do, um, but it's quickly going that
1: way. So, okay. most, I think most do. I would say most do now. And on my unit, um, we all have the four year degrees. Okay. Um, not all science. We do have one that has a biology degree. We have one that's got two masters in chemistry. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah, most of us, we all have four year degrees. So, okay okay because actually they want you to have four-year degrees it's going that way where
2: yeah so I would yeah. highly recommend if you if you are interested in having a crime uh, laboratory job it is a uh it's a four-year degree in a hard science
1: okay. and to add on to that and if you are interested in doing this field I tell this to all students intern mm-hmm. intern mm-hmm. intern intern because not only is that a way to see if you're even gonna like the job yeah but the connections you make are huge. I mean, we both interned, and look what we're, we got yeah. into our jobs because of internships. Half yeah. the people that were, are working in our lab, they weren't they were an intern.
0: Okay, that's so, excellent advice. Yeah. yeah,
1: mine is always uh, stop doing drugs.
0: Yep,
2: that's <laughs> my second thing. Stay away you, from drugs, and that's what I tell like when I go present to high schoolers or even yep. college students. Is if you want to, if you're serious about crime scene investigations or working in a lab they're almost always connected to a law enforcement agency. When you work for a law enforcement agency, you have to go through a background and they're going to test you for drugs and you you have to have, if you, let's say, you smoked weed in high school, that's fine, but you have to have years separated from that. So if you're really serious about it, Stop because you gotta get past the background check. And the right? background check right. is does.
1: lie detectors, they they you fill out lengthy questionnaires, they go to your neighbors, they go to your coworkers, they ask okay. the questions. Wow. I mean it is <laughs> Yeah and, brutal. Yeah. So it's your finances, I mean Oh, and social wow. media I'm guessing as well. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Social media has mm-hmm. it's been huge, not yeah. on what you can and cannot post and I mean you've heard about it in the news. People get Fired, yeah, you know, some of the stuff that they've said, yeah, yes. Um, so we've got to be very careful, and we have to also represent the agencies that we work for, right? right? So, um, yeah, drug use, and then,
2: um, as a student, I highly recommend, and I wish all schools did this, is go see an autopsy mm. because oh, yeah. you think you could handle an autopsy until you go to an autopsy, That's true. Yeah. And so, I've I remember one girl back in the day she had a, a master's of forensic science and oh my gosh she that's a lot of schooling yeah never seen a body her first <laughs> autopsy could not hang really wow. totally different field and it's like all that all that education is yes. like if you all can't that time, think it be one of the obvious you know yeah and uh, there's a lot of schools tests. that don't that don't do that so mm-hmm. um if you are in a program um i Would ask your teacher encourage them to to set that up with the local medical examiner's office. Mm -hmm. Like, you'll find that a lot of these agencies are um, they do a lot of educational outreach. So it's just highly recommend going to autopsy, seeing the body because um, some people just can't handle
1: it. And also the shows like CSI, it's not like that. It isn't. I mean, it really isn't because it's it's there are long hours at these scenes, and they could be tedious. And I mean, I'm just being realistic Mm here. A you know, hard on your body and it's very intricate work that you have to do. So, um, good qualities being anal, very organized and, um, which I'm not. (laughs) 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 Um, But yeah, so it's not always what cracks up to be. So that's why, that's why internships so help. Because yeah. when you're in an internship, you get the, get the opportunity to go out and see that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. get the vibe, if it is even for you. So,
3: mm-hmm. okay, that's good. Good advice. <laughs> As a woman working in this field, what challenges, if any, have you faced when working with other departments, detectives, for example?
2: Um, yeah, that's a great question. I think things have changed since um, going back to when I started. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a very great support system when I first started. And um, so they, I think, protected me in a lot of ways um, from s- being a female in law enforcement, There's a, especially back then. There weren't a lot of females in mm-hmm. law enforcement. Mm-hmm. You're out there in crime scenes with police officers and detectives that are that are mostly male. Everyone, super cool. But there is, um, I think, one of the challenges that I've, found going through different agencies is um sometimes being taken seriously as a female Mm -hmm. um when you have an opinion it's um i'm not saying all the time but sometimes you run across that um it's just different coming from you versus if it would have come from your male counterpart Mm -hmm. and um like i said i think a lot of that has changed but that was just um sometimes i felt that in the culture uh, law enforcement but um you have to have thick skin especially back then um and i always did i i could you know mess around with the best of them yeah. um but there are certain times where like ooh, those boundaries like uh, a little push like it would not go down today let's just yeah. say that yeah like some of the things <laughs> yeah like back then um just and i don't mean like things physically i mean just like some of the you know when we would um talk to each other and stuff like that it's just mm-hmm. it's just different so you you do have to have thick skin you can't take everything personal because you're always learning. Mm-hmm. Like, how many times did I screw up? Like, mm-hmm. you just own it, like, yeah. and get better, and mm-hmm. don't take it so. Don't have an ego. Personal, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. just just grow. Um, but I think it's different now. Like, I, I feel it's... like there's like I work for an amazing woman uh, lab director, and she's just awesome. She mm-hmm. it's it, and we actually have a really strong female leadership uh, in within my lab right now. And they really give you that um that space and that autonomy to grow. When you have ideas, they encourage them and um they've been really amazing. So um yeah, I think it was just more like back in the yeah, you, know, back so in you the, hear about the good old boys yeah, well, like, yeah, back in the day. Uh, yeah,
1: I don't see that I don't see that now, but like no. I got into this field twenty four years ago and at the time I was like twenty six. Mm-hmm. Here I am coming out of, you know, doing evidence technology and I'm going to work for six homicide detectives and mm-hmm. they're looking at me like who are you and I'm a really optimistic person <laughs>
4: mm-hmm.
1: and bubbly and these guys were just like what do you know like what yeah. do you know that I don't know and it's like Rihanna said you can't take things personally and you have to have a thick skin now of course you have to prove yourself which I eventually did you yeah. do have to prove and yourself. I earned their respect right mm-hmm. but Over the time, over the years, there's a lot of women in this field. I mean, and I don't know if it's because maybe women don't want to go towards the law enforcement aspect of it, but crime scenes, a lot of women work the crime scenes and are in the lab. I mean, I know my lab is majority of women and we have a female crime lab director. We have, yeah, a lot in management. So I think it's changed. It's
0: I think a lot of like the crime shows out and like crime podcasts has made probably a lot of people or women just anybody want to get into like forensics mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff now yeah. um i wonder what made true crime like really popular really like what because such a big thing now i wonder what
1: i think are you talking about like the like the forensic shows? Yeah. yeah i don't think we had i don't think we had a door to it right yeah i mean Really, what are the cases that came about? I I want to say the OJ case, really, is what put, you know, forensics yeah, on the great. plate. on Like, right in front center, a lot a about DNA, front center. And actually, there was a lot of errors in that. And mm-hmm. so there was a lot of scrutiny happening with the forensics. And so we learned a lot from it. But I think that's when the show started coming about. and But prior to that, they didn't have anything about this kind of stuff at all.
2: No. No. It's a great field to be in. It mm-hmm. really is for a female. I... Highly encourage it if that's something that um, your audience members uh, have an interest in. It's Mm -hmm. it's amazing. It's even being out on the crime scenes um, that that bonding that you have out there. It's like they're your family. And um, even though like back then it was it was mostly males. They took care of you. They washed your back um totally yeah yeah it was they were my family it's a family yeah yeah and it's it's just that bonding that i just i mean i haven't worked well look how you guys bonded yeah Yeah. totally. yeah yeah Yeah, rain is a family friend of
1: mine yeah yeah (laughs) yeah
2: Yeah, no it's a great career Mm -hmm. great career very rewarding and so much to do too there's so many areas you guys could go oh yeah so many areas like
0: this it's awesome i did have a question i asked it prior um for anybody listening, I did ask them, like, what Masuka is really like, <laughs> and neither of them knew what the hell I was talking about. <laughs> I've never even seen Dexter, but I was just, I was
1: just saying, and this is a shout-out to my girlfriend, Kim, Kimmy, whose birthday is today, it's August Happy 5th, birthday, Happy Kimmy. Kimmy. she was the consultant for Dexter, so, That's awesome. um, <laughs> and even she did it, and I never watched it, and so she knew the ending before anyone did, but... Yeah, rest in peace, Dexter Show. But I guess they brought a new Dexter show out, right? Yeah, there was really no C I don't, really know. A new season. Season. don't watch it. I couldn't get it. I don't it. watch <laughs> the CSI shows. I don't watch do you any do you ever watch any of them right now? No, I don't. I
2: do like um, like forensic files. No, I, I like that I stuff,
1: yeah. I like stuff files. that are evidence, evidence. it's based on yeah. real shows. Yeah. 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 Um one of the shows I absolutely loved and I became obsessed with, and if anybody knows me knows I get obsessed with T V shows was <laughs> Um, Making of the Murder, oh on Sam Netflix. Avery, yes. And what's interesting is when I saw it, which it came out in December, and I forgot the year. I think 2018. I could be wrong. Just the year prior to that, I actually went to a conference in Wisconsin. And were you at that conference in Wisconsin? It was a conference in Wisconsin, and the two detectives were actually presenting that case. Oh, and I wow. had, but this is before the Netflix oh. show came out. So I'm like yeah, the guy did it, you know? I mean, <laughs> boring. Yeah. And so then when I saw this show, I'm like, okay, yeah. It doesn't matter if he did it or didn't do it. There were so many holes. Mm-hmm. And if you were a juror yes. on that case, yeah. in my opinion, should have been not guilty. Yeah. Yes. And I was very, very passionate about it. Did you see that show? No. Oh. Talking about making a murder. <laughs>
2: no. But who is the? Uh,
1: uh it's out of Wisconsin and the name of the person? Uh, um Stephen, Stephen Avery. Avery. Stephen Avery. It's a fascinating show. It's I probably watched it like <laughs> five million times. <laughs> so which is not surprising if people know me. I watched my shows a gazillion times. But oh, I um it, that's a great I I'm gonna make you watch that right yeah. now. Yeah, I'll watch it. It's um good. yeah, it was really good. Did you you watch it? I before? watched it yes. multiple times too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so
2: I think um, true crime is is interesting. I think Mm -hmm. it's fascinating. And when you hear about, I think that's why it's become so popular because it's versus disbelief. Like how can you
1: do Do this? Yeah, yeah. It's like,
2: Mm -hmm. but then... It's like you go by and you're you're driving by in a car accident, right? You gotta look. You yeah. gotta You gotta look. Like that's just our human nature. You want to look, and yeah. so true crime podcasts when they talk about different cases and the gory details, it's like you want to know because it's just so. I don't. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that it's is. It's so Someone out of your mentioned. normal realm of your life. Yeah. Yes, for most
3: people, so it's like yeah. fascinating to even. Consider that that's an actual thing that's happening. Yeah, it's, and that you hope that you never have to deal with, but mm-hmm. you get to see it as an outside perspective. I guess. Yeah. Is that you, why you like it?
1: Yeah. yeah. Do you do you ladies have any like uh, a particular crime that you followed or a show that you particularly liked? I mean, it's like kind of weird to say. It's kind of weird to say a, a favorite murder. Like, yeah. I mean, that's kind of creepy. I mean, not creepy, but like almost weird. But do oh, you like, have a fascinating like a, case that, like you a favorite person? Yeah, personal that like you. Was fascinated by, like, carrying the evidence, or...
3: I, um, serial killer-wise, I guess, I followed a lot um, Ted Bundy. It was just something fascinating to me how different he was in real life versus how he was when you would commit crimes. Mm-hmm. That was insane to me, how he could just flip a switch mm-hmm. and the woman he was married to had no idea. Yeah,
1: that that always throws me off when the spouse is like, yeah. oh, I can never see that. I'm like, hmm. I know, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Really start tapping into your intuition. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I... Like, well, there's two. Like, um, probably the most popular one or known, Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh, yeah. Um, him, but there's this guy. The second one is a guy named Armin Maiwes. Um He was from... So basically, um, he placed an ad on the internet called Cannibal Cafe, and he oh, put an ad saying that he was looking for a man. He put the height that he was looking for, uh, the weight that this man needed to be, and asked said in this ad that um, he's looking for somebody that is willing to give up their body for him to dine on and enjoy, and to eat. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like Um, you like you like the cannibalism, yeah, yeah. And he found someone named Bert Brandis who was in Berlin because I don't remember where Armin lived, but it was a short train ride away to Berlin. And he felt Bert Brandis like they were a match made in heaven because Armin always wanted to eat somebody and Bert Brandis always wanted to be eaten. So they met. They were talking back and forth for a few months. Um, That is bizarre. Ended up going and picking up. Uh, Bert from the train station went back to his big mansion. He lived in a really big, like, beautiful home. And uh, basically, they were drinking wine. And um, so the first thing they wanted... It, there was a must that they eat, ate something together and it was burnt uh Bert brandis's penis so they cut off his penis together so and it's like suicide it. by
1: cannibalism Ew.
0: yeah it's just really crazy you guys I, I could go on but basically you know they tried eating it but the consistency got super weird when they sauteed it so they just gave it to the dog and then um armin <laughs> drew up a bath for him to kind of because like obviously there was like bloods pouring out and he was in a lot of pain gave him some medication to hopefully ease the pain um and then eventually like um he ended up killing him took him upstairs to like a slaughter room and he hung him like he had a meat hook kind of like where you hang Cows, pigs, whatever. Put him on there and dined on him for like a few months. And when his supply was running low, he put another ad. And the college kid. I have
1: never heard of this case this ever. Is, is this gross? Yeah, a, it's because it's, it's a different country, right? Is it?
0: Yeah, it was a different country. Um, I know Bert lived in, like Did you I know said, Bert? Berlin. <laughs>
1: So she like, know Bert. Bert. She's like, I, I know Bert. So like when the call came, <laughs> <know
0: Bert>, <laughs> he notified the police and was like, "Hey, I think this guy like is serious. I think he really did eat someone." The police went there, searched his home, and they found you know pieces of the guy's body in there. And at first, Armin tried saying, "No, no, that's just like wild pig," uh, but anyways, like so it was like this whole deal because it wasn't a crime wherever it w- took place to. um Cannibalism wasn't a crime.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. So I wonder if that's just, why
0: like, he did really it. Wild, because... but and then they they showed evidence like they had all these emails conversations. Like he consented. Uh, like it was to consent be eaten. And so, uh, anyways, he's in prison now, and he's a vegetarian. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That is so. What so? What fascinates you about these <laughs> cases? I've, I've watched interviews with him. The reason why I'm interested in him because, like, um, you know, they say like, are they uh, born that way or? or- where they made that way uh, and he talks a lot of, in his about his childhood and it's just so sad and it's awful what he did but it's kind of like well is he like the nicer one because at least he could have went and found any innocent person someone and, and eaten them
3: instead of asking for their permission
1: you right. you like the psychology behind it so yes. you like why someone, you're like i i'm the same way i want to know why does a person do what they do and are you born like that? Is it nature versus nurture? Like, and it's is not it, glorifying
0: oh. because someone had mentioned to me before, like, you know, it's like you're glorifying and that's not it at all. Obviously, I do not like what is done. Like I it's awful and it's so evil, gross. What happens? It's just it's more the psychology. What made them do that? And then I wonder kind of like are some of them like truly remorseful of what they did or is there just this like dark passenger that they can't control And they have to act on it. It's kind of like after they say they do a kill, they're kind of like, I could breathe now. And, you know, I don't know. But I don't glorify that shit. I don't like that stuff. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Absolutely not.
3: Do you guys have an opinion on nature versus nurture?
1: That's more of a Leah question. Uh, (laughs) Nature versus nurture. Um, Okay, I do think there's a little bit of nature. I mean, have you ever not seen like a child And you just look at them and they're like the devil. Yes. (laughs) So I, I could, and I'm very sensitive with energy and not to get woo -woo or anything like that. Um, but I, I mean, I could feel a person's energy and so, yeah, they're born that way, right? It's a child. I mean, Mm -hmm. they don't have that much experience yet. And then you add in like the nurturing of the parenting or the lack thereof. Totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think it's a combination of both. Yeah. Yeah. Or are you looking at me like <laughs> I mean, that? No. Yeah.
0: It's just
2: interesting cause, um... I'm just not really into that. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, are you poo-pooing me? <laughs> no, no. 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 It's the conversation. Like, I just never really thought of it. You, you asked the question, and mm-hmm. it's like, I had nothing for you because I've never really thought of <laughs> it. Just like,
4: I'm
1: like,
2: um, no opinion on that. I've just never really. It's of it. You go
1: home tonight. You think about that. <laughs> yeah,
2: i I guess thinking about it now, like a lot of those cases that, and I don't follow like a lot of like I never really got into details of mm-hmm. like uh, serial killers or anything like that. But, um, but from what I do know, a lot of them had messed up childhoods. Yeah, yeah. So it's like something changed in in the childhood. Like uh, I don't know. Just
0: mm-hmm. well, so just look at, at, least... at you
1: know, uh, man, uh, not Manson. I'm sorry. Well, Manson, but uh, Richard Ramirez. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he had a messed up childhood Definitely. and
0: yeah. seen that's his uncle that. murder his girlfriend. Yeah. Oh,
1: yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Or if
0: they
3: were somehow dropped on their head or, you know. Yeah. Oh, any yeah. Of those, they like, stayed, like falls sometimes. There was always a head injury. Yeah. Like if their childhood wasn't that
2: great, they probably had something to do with their head. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, That injury. makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like we haven't really talked about maybe like the... Jobs in forensic science there too, and I didn't know that. Like that, that's not really something that I thought about. Like coming up, I just always thought you know local police departments and the FBI. Mm. But there's so many different agencies out there. So because you're Secret Service still, right? Secret Service, yeah. Okay. So we have a, a crime laboratory within the Secret Service. Our mission is just different. So every agency is going to have a different mission. So local police departments usually investigate crimes of violence, mm-hmm. property crimes, that sort of thing. Um, you go to ATF. Uh, These are the federals. Yep, Secret then Service. Then you your, fe- your federal agency. So ATF okay. is gonna concentrate on firearms, gun crime. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's so alcohol, y- tobacco, firearms. ATF. Oh. Okay. Um, and then you have FBI, which is like a general. Wait,
0: tobacco. What's the bad thing? Or what do you guys look at in tobacco?
2: I. I don't know. I don't work for the ATF, but I think oh. it was came from like the older days of oh, like crossing okay. maybe when it was illegal, like crossing state oh, lines okay. with cigarettes or something. And then DEA.
3: You have the DEA. Narcotics. 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 Oh, you okay. yeah. um, have. They focus
2: on, they focus on those crimes. Okay. Border Patrol. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Border Patrol has their own crime lab. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, but then if there's places that you wouldn't even know, Target. Yeah, Target doesn't have, have a crime access lab, access. but they have like certain like investigators and stuff like that. I used like used to work for Target, and yeah. I remember the security guards talking about it. <laughs> yeah, they have. It's it's a special. I don't know where it's they're located, but yeah. things that you would never even recognize. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
2: just uh, just I guess my advice would be not to only look locally, but on federally. There's so many different federal labs, and um, going back to where I work, Secret Service. Like it's you're not. We don't um, investigate crimes like crimes of violence or anything. We have a different mission, like protection and um, pr- and uh, we investigate, like, financial crimes. Like, so our financial system we're responsible for. Um, so it's a little different from mm-hmm. where I used to work, like, at local police departments is that we're not doing the same crime, but it's rewarding in its own way. So mm-hmm. it just... Yeah, just look outside of the box. Like, I I didn't really realize all the different agencies that were out there when I lived here in uh, Chula Vista. And move out of Chula Vista. Yeah. Move. If you want experience in life and you want, like, to really get a job and come back, you gotta move out of (laughs) your. City, like where uh, yeah. you live right now, like yeah. move out, like go. <laughs> that is good advice, yeah. That's and like over you guys, different.
3: Police, you guys, you guys ended up coming back, so you can leave. Well, no, I'm back. not. Yeah. So I'm not from
1: San Diego. I'm actually from Los Angeles. And oh, okay. when I got into San Diego State, this is kind of sad. I, I had a roommate that I was 17, I was going to be moving into the dorms. And I had a roommate in the valley that was going to be my roommate. And she almost didn't go. And if she didn't go, I would never go to state because. Well, who's going to be my roommate? I yeah. need to know my roommate, right? Yeah. And she did go, and I did end moving out. But if I didn't move out at seventeen, I don't know if I would have ever left the valley. Uh. Yeah. And I tell people, if you get to go to college, leave. Yeah. Leave your hometown. Yeah. Get experience, and you grow. In you grow. And you yeah. grow yeah. so much, and
2: especially in this field, like I got a lot of experience at um, Yuma Police Department when I worked in Arizona. And I was, I had to go to learn Lincoln Prince to eventually come back. But the experience that I had over there, just living in a different area, learning that different police departments have different rules and policies and different, just the way that they investigate it. You learn so much and then you could bring it back and actually be uh, not useful, but actually have some experience from another place to bring it back to your lab to say, hey, this is actually, we approached it this way. And then yeah. now you have some you have some um some experience from elsewhere
1: so but there's also a maturity too like just leave, Raina leaving and me leaving there's a maturity that goes mm-hmm. along with it because if yeah. you are here and i do know people that are here and and are in the field that mm-hmm. never left but there is a sense of maturity when you do leave yeah. live on your own i mean do
2: yeah no i would you I, agree? I would agree yeah that's um yeah that's so learning that when i moved to yuma and especially the experience people doing it in different ways, maturity. Um, that's why I had the role of, of my girls is that they, I moved back to San Diego, they graduated from schools in San Diego, but they couldn't go to college in San Diego. You had to move out of San Diego. Yeah. So I wouldn't let them look at any local colleges. It's like, you need to go get experience somewhere else and, and different cultures, like different places that you go, different types of people, like mm-hmm. um, it's, that's all good to, good to know. But it's really, really useful in this field. Get out of your hometown to go get experience in that. And the other thing, too, is sometimes you don't have a choice. You got to go get your experience. You come yeah. out of college no matter where oh, you are. If you went true. to college in the same town that you lived in, nine times out of ten, they're not going to have a job. Like, you'd be really lucky if you just went from college in your hometown to hometown jobs. Yeah. So many students have to go out to, to go get that experience because... You know, everybody San Diego, it's beautiful out here. Yeah. Everyone wants to to come 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 and (laughs) live here. Like but not too many people are taking a a job in Little Police Department, Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. Like go there, get the experience and then come back with something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And
2: so just just get out and and get that experience at other different local police departments.
1: And it shows you have courage too. It takes courage to actually move. Although a lot of people are like, I'm not moving, I'm staying here. It's like But the people have courage to actually start somewhere brand new. It has courage. Mm -hmm.
4: I admire the people
1: that go through the school and leave our interns that work with us that end up leaving to go to Colorado or all over, they've gone all over. It takes courage because they're leaving what they know. Their comfort.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. There are some really, really lucky ones, though. Oh, there are. That that didn't have to leave at all. Yeah, They they went to school here in San Diego. It's beautiful. Who wants to leave San Diego, right? They got an internship. And then they they got a really great job with the crime lab. So there's there's some of those, like, oh, man, you're just so lucky you never never had to leave. Like, I was looking... Yuma, Arizona, hundred and sixty degree oh, crime gosh.
0: scenes where my boots were melting on the asphalt. Uh, yeah. When I said Yuma, I was kind of thinking, like, God, going to those crime scenes yeah. like for anybody that was left outdoors, like Desert, in a sauna. He, oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah,
2: you and the so the temperature too of the the houses the most houses out there had ac mm-hmm. so your yeah. first instinct is when you go into these crime scenes and the dead bodies there is you want to pump the ac like really low because you're hot yeah but you can't do that because then it starts messing with like the body temperature and everything uh, like that so you have, to the MA's office, the, yeah. you have to do all the documentation first and then when the body goes out you're cranking that bad boy down yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's different it's it's different but i learned i learned a lot from yuma it was really good they were good to me out there
0: nice
1: thank you for having us
0: this was fun thank Thank you so much you guys guys. for joining us giving us all of your insight yeah Um, it was very interesting and I loved all of it (laughs) that's awesome
2: and if you guys get any questions like from your listeners Mm -hmm. afterwards I mean feel free I I think this is an amazing career and I think we're both open to helping anyone get their foot in their door or um you know talking about the different um, education programs out here, specifically mm-hmm. in San Diego. Are your listeners mostly from San Diego? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, there's some amazing programs here in San Diego. Okay. So yeah, if they have any questions, um, please shoot us. Um, yeah. We we would love to help anyone out.
1: And also with the crime lab, we now that the pandemic's like to say almost getting over, but we started open up crime lab tours. So for the San Diego Sheriff's Crime Lab, anyone so, can go. Uh, if you go onto the website, I think it's the county website, and then you could go to. You could find the area where it talks about the crime lab there you actually could put in a request for the public. And I'm the tour coordinator. So I get to highly recommend it it. that facility is amazing. So we've only been we've been there three years and it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's on the county campus and it's located right next to the medical examiner's office. Mm. And um yeah, it's I might be biased
2: saying this too but one of the best crime laboratories in the country. Wow. Absolutely nice. hands down. It's right here in San Diego. San Diego yeah. County. <laughs> yeah, they're well, we're an really amazing lucky. amazing group of professionals. They, um, just awesome. If you guys can tour it, I, it's just an amazing, amazing We should go. Yeah, let's go. I'm so down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: I didn't know it's, you could tour them. Really cool. Yeah, you can. Um, usually they they, I think, they used to usually just be for schools oh, and yeah, stuff like that, right. but okay. um, I never got to do that. <laughs> yeah, but it's open to the public now. We just officially started uh, doing tours, and we usually like to do them once a month at the end of the month. Okay, that's awesome. Because yes, yeah, because we and I get a, um, an analyst from each department, unit, section, and they give you about a ten-minute spiel of what they do. And we have these beautiful glass windows so you don't actually go into the laboratories but you get to see what they do and we have little displays and oh, okay. it's amazing. amazing yeah you get to actually yeah. talk to the experts yeah. If you want
2: to see our lab you have to be in dc so, <laughs> yeah. our lab is based out of washington dc oh, okay. but if you're ever in the area listeners in the area let me know where can
3: people go uh, to maybe participate in these internships
2: so most labs have, um, I would say, have internship programs. Mm-hmm. So wherever you're local to, I know like Chula Vista PD has an internship program. San Diego would, PD. San Diego PD, yeah. Like I would contact mm-hmm. local PDs. Um, I'll let Leah talk about the sheriff's intern program. But like we have an internship program where um, at, so our again, our lab's in D.C. So if a student is willing to go to D.C., um, usually you have to be in, in a program, mm-hmm. um, either a hard science or like, a, um, a forensic science type program. So you have to have some kind of base knowledge for, uh, to be an internship, but, um, to be in an internship there, but as an intern, you're able to do research, uh, like real research for, um, some of the, the needs within our agency. And then you come out of there um, giving a research, you, you do a research write-up. So you're able to do a, a presentation and then you actually are written up in like a research uh, journal. Mm-hmm. So it's really good experience to learn about the lab and learn the research side of uh, what we do in laboratories as well. Uh, so we have uh, non-paid and paid internships so definitely go on the Secret Service website. And if your listeners are interested in going out to D.C., D.C. is an amazing area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely some awesome internship prop, um, positions with the service.
1: Okay. Wow. And uh, with the Sheriff's Department, again, it's on the same website that – and I'll send you a link to that okay. website. Um, same website that you can find to get a tour. Uh, we do have an internship program. And about twice a year, they take applicants and they actually do a hiring process, an interview process, and they usually take about mm, well, it depends on the the group of people that they get. But I've seen them hire about six of them, and it's non paid. It is voluntary. Mm-hmm. And you go through a rigorous training program, and then after the training program, you actually do go through a moot court. So they set you up in a moot court where you have to testify, which is oh. kind of nerve-wracking, but you get to, te- you know, it's it's real life. That's what mm-hmm. you're going to yeah. eventually have to do. Everyone in the lab, they do testify. Um, so they set you up for the testimony, once you pass, then you actually get to work on real case. And this is for latent fingerprints. This is processing evidence, real evidence for fingerprints, and then you collect them and then you submit them for the rest of the lab to to work, like somebody like myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you've done that for a while and you're doing good, they actually start letting you go to crime scenes. So um, it's great. And again, again, it's an internship. So it's a way to see if you're even going to like this. Yeah. Right. So that's one internship in the crime lab. And then I think that I, I might be wrong, but I think DNA has some internships as well. But primarily, the one I know about is in Lame Prince. Mm-hmm. and it's pretty popular. And again, all the interns have basically got hired. We just hired one of our interns. Oh, okay. So it's got a great success rate. Um, again, majority of them leave San Diego, and some have come back, but they've gotten their foot in the field. Yeah. So and they're
2: known for their internship program. Like right. it's
1: amazing training that they oh. do there. At the How long department. is the program, the internship program? Then? Um, I think the training goes gosh like it takes a while to do the training um a couple of them i i actually i'm i'm not even gonna lie i actually don't know the number but it's okay. a while okay and uh one of my coworkers, he does a great job training them and that's what he does as long as being a as a late printing summer, that he, that's part of his job is doing the recruiting for this and mentoring them and then turning them loose so yeah. and then the, the interns have either there's sometimes um, having chances to even really testify. Because if you're working on the evidence, you have chances to actually testify in court yourself. Yeah. Real court, not a moot court. Yeah. But. um, Yeah, there's
2: some amazing opportunities for the Sheriff's Department. Yeah. And I'm sure for all the locals too. So All the locals.
1: Chula Vista actually pays. That's where Raina went. I think I was paid when I went there. They were paid and non-paid and. San Pedidas and Yeah, I, d- I think Chula has changed a little bit. I don't know that was a long time ago, Leah. That yeah. was the intern
2: there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, For you. Before but get you. on the phone and call. Call yeah. these local police departments. Don't be scared to call them up and say, hey, can I talk to a representative in the crime lab? Okay. And look at you. Like there's I know it s- seems kind of intimidating, but there's so many of us that want to help that is you true. succeed in this field. Yeah. So don't be, don't be intimidated. Like hit me up on LinkedIn. Like yeah. I answer <sighs> questions on LinkedIn. Like I get questions really? from students that see where i work and what i do and they message me and then i give them advice or you know hey this is what my path my educational path was but it's those students that actually reach out that will get the help but you got to reach out you have to yeah like that's that's where the magic happens yeah
1: connections yeah
2: well thank you guys so much you're welcome it was fun
3: thank you for having
1: us really
3: really great talking to you guys i'm so glad i got to meet you
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. nice to meet you as well I see your ass sometimes. (laughs) You're stuck with me (laughs) now. Well, thank you everybody for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.